could Caden Lindstrom be the perfect fit for the Sharks if they don't land Macklin Celebrini? You're locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, probably part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everydayer, all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts, or you can watch this on YouTube as well. And today we're joined by Hattie Calagash from Dauber Prospects, slash uh, one half of the Locked on NHL Prospects, to talk about Katie and why he would be a perfect, perfect fit for what the Sharks are building um, in their forward department if they don't land Macklin Celebrini. So we're going to talk about Lindstrom and kind of what he brings to the table, how he would fit with one, the slipperiest of Pete's William Eklund, and just, you know, again, why maybe if you don't get Celebrini, Lindstrom could be the guy to kind of target in the top uh, five picks. So um, before we get into all that, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And now we bring in good friend of the show, Hattie Kalakash of Locked On NHL Prospects. Hattie, how's it going, buddy? Doing very, very good. Uh, logging in on a bunch of viewings, rankings coming up soon. It's the whole thing. Keeping busy. How about you? Uh, you know, we are heading towards the trade deadline. So that the actual fun part of the season for the Sharks is uh, who's not going to be here. And then draft. That's that's the only fun part of the Sharks right now is uh, who's not going to be here. What are we going to get? And when is the draft going to be here? So uh, we're going to be talking about a guy today, uh, Hattie, Lin- or not Hattie. Caden Lindstrom, uh, maybe he might be your long loss. Uh, no, Caden uh, Lindstrom, uh, who is a hashtag big boy. So, Caden uh, Lindstrom, six foot four, two hundred fifteen pound forward, playing for Medicine Hat in the WHL. Uh, this year, he has thirty two games, twenty seven goals, nineteen assists, one hundred and seventeen shots on goal. Uh, has been out recently because of a broken hand. Is I think he's supposed to start kind of ramping up in here pretty soon to be back. But uh, as I ask everyone, Hattie, what makes Caden Lindstrom such an intriguing prospect? It's the the combination of size, awareness, and skill. I mean, usually big guys like like Caden Lindstrom, he's listed at six four two sixteen right now. Um, guys like this usually don't have much adaptive skill because they're just able to overpower all their competition. They don't really need to develop perfect, you know, board battle technique or mm-hmm. think the game at an advanced level. They can just outmuscle their opposition and make it work. But what's really interesting with Caden Lindstrom is he's, he's an incredibly aware guy. Um, you know, he spots his teammates early. He identifies back pressure really well, um, keeps a mental map of his surroundings, his decision-making and transitions great. Um, on top of all that, he has a real, you know, 
above average NHL tool already, which is its ability to catch pucks. Um, it seems like the, the, the puck just glues to his stick. I've seen him collect stretch passes from behind his back off the boards, and they just glue to his stick, and he just keeps going. Like, he doesn't need to slow down to corral pucks. Um, just a very translatable game on top of having some really interesting puck skills. Like, he's a good handler. He's a good shooter. He's a good passer. You know, nothing overwhelming on that side, but what makes everything, what elevates everything in this game is the awareness. It elevates his board battle game. It elevates his ability to score goals, to find teammates in transition, off passes. So just overall, there's a real, there's a real, there's chess in this game, which you don't usually see with guys this big. So when I say that Caden Lindstrom's a big guy who doesn't play like a stereotypical big guy, that's kind of what I'm refer- referring. And, and actually, when when we talk about what we usually expect from big guys is net drives, you know, big hits, mm-hmm. overpowering players. Like Lindstrom can do that, but he also has a a, a very intricate. Um, understanding of how hockey develops in transition and in the offensive zone, which makes him really, really alluring. Yeah, I, I watched one of his games. Again, I'm just an idiot with the microphone. Uh, I was blown away. I, I was super impressed with him. Just his ability, especially you kind of mentioned the puck handling. Also doing that in tight spaces. Like he lives like in the high, at least in the game I watch, he lives in that high danger zone, right? Uh, yeah. On the power play, he is the net front presence. Um, he kind of like lives in that high danger. And his uh, ability to, like you said, collect pucks and try to make the most of them. Uh, you can see where that's, that's a very translatable skill, right? Like it doesn't matter if if you can kind of do that now you're probably going to be able to continue to do that as you face stiffer and tougher competition um so lindstrom he's kind of ranked you know he's been kind of a riser right i think uh, a lot of people you have him at, at fifth right now i know he's been kind of climbing up uh, is he a guy that we could be potentially talking about as we continue this process as so with no clear cut number two like as the number two pick in the draft, if he comes back from his injury and just burns the house down? Uh, it would take a lot for him to dethrone Ivan Demirov for me a second overall. Demirov is just, I mean... He's pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like, with Demirov, it's, it's like, he's the only player in the entire draft this year that has a, a 10 ranking and a ranking system at uh, Dalbert Prospects, and that's a stick-handling ability. He's the only player in this draft that reminds me even slightly... He's the only player I've scouted, really, that reminds me even slightly of, of Pavel Datsuk. So that's, for me, it's a different quality of player with Demirov. He he has game-breaking ability, game-breaking upside. With Lindstrom, what makes him really interesting is that he has a safe floor. He's a he's for for me, there's no there's no real scenario that I can see in which Caden Lindstrom becomes anything less than a second line center. Um he also has he, he's pretty raw in terms of uh his overall usage of his physical tools. He likes to throw hits, but he's still learning the puck protection game. It's it can get even better, which is ridiculous. So for me, I, I, think, I still think there's top line upside, which definitely puts him in the top five range for me. Um, I just I like Ivan Dimitrov too much to have anyone else than Celebrini ahead of him. Um, but still, I, I don't think Caden Lindstrom is going to last long on draft day. He's exactly what teams look for. I mean, who doesn't want a six foot four, two hundred fifty pound, eighteen year old uh, center who, yeah, like is just that's that's uh, unless you're a like six foot seven right handed defenseman, uh, those are like the two things every GM looks for right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I mean, you, you, we talk about kind of what Lindstrom, you know, is and like kind of what makes him special. What do you think is uh, maybe the one thing that kind of holds him back as he continues his development path? 
Uh, I, I would say in terms of Listrom's development path, what I would expect him to need to develop in order to kind of solidify his NHL efficiency uh, would probably be some edge work. Um, mm. He's a player who a lot of his intelligence comes off of his anticipation. A, a lot of his, a lot of his goals come off of anticipation and he has like three faceted anticipation. So you can be, you can anticipate where the puck goes, where your opponents are and where your teammates are. And he has all three down pat. Um, but I feel like that's an adaptive skill he's had to develop because he's a player who can accelerate fairly well and has a decent top speed. Um, but when it comes to cutting, to, to cutting turns tightly, or especially the three foot acceleration, it takes him, you know, five, six, seven steps to hit his top speed. Um, so that's one thing that I could see him develop. But even then, I don't see it as something that necessarily limits his game. It would just be a plus, mm-hmm. you know, um, defensively he's fairly good he's nothing overwhelming he can obviously get better at that but he's good enough that he's making plays in his own zone and and you know turning pucks over for for his teammates to pick up that kind of stuff and yeah just a very mature game so i would say maybe edge work maybe defensive game but neither should really prevent him from making the nhl yeah i mean those uh skating is something that you're going to continue to work on your entire career um and defense like you don't expect very rarely do you see these, you know, 17, 18 year old kids who are, you know, wonder kids. And that's when you go to the AHL. That's kind of where you develop that defensive game and uh, round it out before you head into the NHL. So, um, all right, guys, before we continue with Hattie, we kind of talk about uh, Lindstrom's fit with the Sharks. And then we're going to talk to Hattie about his thoughts on the 2024 draft. Uh, just need to take a quick break. It's almost a halfway point of the season, or it's past halfway point of the season, Sharks fans. I know this season has been brutal. Uh, regardless of where we're on the current standings, I want to remind you that you could still win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleepers are number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick some of your favorite players, whether they're NHL superstars like McDavid, Crosby, or McKinnon, or some of your favorite Sharks like Fabian Zetterlin, Tomas Hurdle, or Slippery Pete himself, and record more or less in their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To put 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict, predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Sharks fans. You win 100 times your money playing daily fancy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNHL. You get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. If the Sharks were to, you know, not get Celebrini and then draft, you know, if they're second, third, whatever, uh, and they draft Lindstrom, where would he fit in the Sharks pipeline? I, I think it'd be a very interesting comp, you know, Discussion between Will Smith, who was picked four overall last year in a much better draft, and Caden Lindstrom, who would be, you know, two, three, four this year in a little bit weaker draft, but I feel like maybe is a little bit more well-rounded player um, than than Smith. Yeah, I, I would say for Caden Lindstrom, what makes him really interesting is just the way that he, the way that it, that that his skill set matches up really, really well with what William Eklund's good at. 
those two would are we trying really to find more... William Eklund more friends, right? That's yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> exactly. He needs a buddy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think Lindstrom's skill set just works really, really well with what William Eklund does. El- Eklund is, is a really slippery, really elusive player who loves to play between checks to find space to make plays. And especially in transitions, I often see William Eklund slip in um in a position where he can hop on a rebound and what Caden Lindstrom's so good at doing is corralling pucks in transition driving them to the net you know getting his knee out getting his shoulder down and driving the net and creating rebounds um mm-hmm. on top of that Eklund's a really good kind of small area playmaker and Lindstrom's really good at finding small areas so both the playmaking abilities of well, Eklund match really well with the off puck movement and goal scoring touch that Lindstrom has, but also Lindstrom's habits fit really well with what Eklund's habits are in transition. So that's a combo on a line that I could see work really well, whether it's Lindstrom at center and Eklund on wing or the opposite. I'm not too sure mm-hmm. yet. Um, and I don't know how good of an idea it is to have a Lindstrom Smith Eklund line. Cause then who plays center, <laughs> right? But overall, I think that, you know, that combination of skills between Lindstrom and Eklund, I would see those two become a really good dynamic duo, a one-two punch that can work really well. And if you can have Smith on, on at second center, I mean, that's about as good as a second line center you can get. Uh, you put so Smith overall, and Musty together, and you're yeah, they're uh, oh Musty just does the Ryan Leonard role, and you're good to go. It's yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, that's all you need. Um, so kind of talking about the Sharks groups, you know, the Sharks, I mean, I know Musty's a little bit bigger guy, but Sharks have a lot of a little bit smaller, uh, you know, forwards like Will Smith is six foot, I think 180 pounds. Eklund's, you know, 5'10", 5'11". Borlo, Gushin, some of these guys are a little bit smaller. Uh, having a guy like Caden Lindstrom, who would kind of be a giant amongst uh, children there when it comes to like height. Um I know, again, size and everything, but it is nice to have some diversity among your forwards, right? So what would Lindstrom kind of bring to the Sharks prospect pool in that, that at least in that area, right? For sure. Um, that that linear element to Lindstrom's game w- would be mm-hmm. really welcome among that group. Um, he, he's definitely creative, but he's got the elements in his game to just drive the net and bring someone with him and create chaos and wreak havoc. He's also really good at forechecking, at taking pucks off the boards, um, making plays, you know, taking taking contested pucks and turning them into lengthy possessions is something that Lindstrom does really well. And if you can combine that with the tools of an Eklund, of a Bordalo, of a Goose Chin, of a Will Smith, and, and all that bunch, even Quentin Musty I put in that category, I think it gives you a good balance. Um, we can even throw Philip Bistad in that in that group like these are i i think that the the sharks have done a really good job of combining small skilled players with big skilled players um and finding a, a balance there that works really well for their forward core because among those seven or eight that i mentioned like you're 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 starting to develop a really cohesive top nine a really you know a top nine that gels well together, that works well together. If you can have one or two big guys per line, I mean, that's a great mm-hmm. start. Uh, whether it's Lindstrom on the first, Musty on the second, Bichette on the third, or maybe two of them on the second, that kind of thing. Regardless, yep. I think that overall that gives you a lot of options and a lot of versatility on each line. You don't have to play one particular style. It opens up different avenues for for the, for each line to play different ways in order to benefit um, the circumstances of, of the game as much as possible. And it also depends on who you're facing. If you're facing a team that's yep. really rush heavy, um, you can slow down the pace of play um, by creating long offensive possessions. If you're playing against a team that really works well on the forecheck, you can have one of your one of your 
big centers play down low, support the defense. So just there's a lot of options when you have versatility in your offensive core. And adding Lindstrom to this group, I, I feel, would just be a really, really good fit for San Jose. Uh, Lindstrom, I was kind of reading, you know, some early scouting reports and someone said he kind of had a little bit of a chuck to his game where he's got a little bit of that kind of snarl and nastiness. Oh, yeah. And, uh, that seems like Will or Mike Greer catnip right there. So like, I mean, kind of talk about if you like that kind of old school, it sounds like he's kind of like a little bit of an old school power forward, but like also that mentality of like, kind of. I'm not an idiot, like kind of the old school yeah. uh, uh, power <laughs> forwards are. So, um, I mean, it, it sounds like if if Celebrini is is not there for for the Sharks, this might be the way Mike career goes, right? I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would say though, um, the defense is also kind of a, a question mark in San Jose. So I don't blame them at all if they go for a defenseman, and there are a lot yeah. to talk about in this draft. But among forwards, I have a hard time finding you a better fit. Um, for the San Jose Sharks and Caden Lindstrom. He's just, the way that he plays is so, so lovable. And like you said, he, he's got a bit of that snarl, that nastiness to his game. I call it the whatever it takes factor. Um, he'll do whatever it takes to win the game. If he, if he feels like getting under your skin is, is going to, is going to give you his team an opportunity to win, he'll do it. Mm. But if it feels like taking a penalty in that moment or going down four on four for, you know, coincidental, coincidental roughing minors would actually harm his team because the other team has a lot of speedy, you know, um, yeah. you know, open ice players, then he'll hold back. Um, he's not necessarily a get under your skin at all costs players. He's, he's a win at all costs players. And and that, that to me is just, it. it's exactly what San Jose could use. And, Caden Lindstrom is exactly the type of player to turn a borderline contender into a true contender. Like he's got that Mm. factor to his game where he he steps up in big moments, scores big goals, does all the right things off the puck, has the right habits, and is just incredibly intelligent, which again, is not something I'm usually I'm used to seeing from a player this size. So it's, it's really, it's really impressive. Uh, okay, so let's talk about kind of his his timeline here. Uh, of course, he's going to be in the you know the WHL for a couple of years, uh, probably a year, especially with the way the Sharks are uh, been with their prospects. Probably a year in the AHL and then making his impact. So we're probably looking at about three years before he's uh, kind of an everyday NHL player. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say well, it depends. I, I think that Caden Lindstrom, especially if he adds some more some more kind of pop to his edge work could mm. almost could almost make the NHL this after this summer. Um if not mm. this summer, maybe the year after. Like he's he's fairly, you know, th- the way that he plays is fairly translatable. I, I don't think the issue will be whether or not he can play in the NHL next year or the year after. I just think it might be better to give him a longer run or maybe yep. some time in the HL just simply because it's going to help him. Um, it's going to help him get up to speed and get used to his tools and how they work against pro competition. Um, you know, if, if you can play him, if you're comfortable playing him on a third line or even a second line next year, um, because your team isn't that deep and, and, you know, you're looking for someone to play next to your players. Kato Lindstrom can easily fit that bill. I'm just thinking, you know, if we were talking about a, a, a deep forward core in, in San Jose, then it's probably not kinda, that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there aren't many players I can name you in, in San Jose's lineup that I think would, would take time away from Lindstrom, but it really depends mm. on how your coach tends to play young players. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this year that the sharks have been more comfortable with using Eklund and a bona fide top six role, that kind of thing. So it, it depends on a lot of factors, but I say, as long as you're able to get a middle six ice time, you're getting a decent NHL out of Lindstrom really, really soon. 
I, I mean, to that point with Quinn, I think uh, you have seen a, a bit of a learning uh, moment from him, especially from his time with the Rangers, where he's been more like Eklund has played a ton, right? And played top yeah. six minutes. And then he noticed like Eklund's been sc- struggling. So he put Eklund on the third line. And guess what? Eklund scored that game. And, uh, you know, you saw like, oh, okay, like David Quinn, might, you know, maybe he's learned from, from his mistakes with the Rangers. And it seems like he's uh, kind of, and again, the Sharks are one of the worst teams in the NHL. So you have nothing left to lose here. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think you have seen that. And the guy I kind of, if, if, if big if 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 uh Lindstrom were to kind of play like I would actually put him with Kotor because I think having a like veteran guy like Kotor, you know, if if Mikel Granlin's a lot of ifs here, if Mikel Granlin's still around as your second line center and then Logan Kotor is your third line center, like having a veteran guy like that, I think uh that would be the perfect, perfect guy for Lindstrom to kind of learn from as he gets adapted to the NHL. So uh yeah, if if the Sharks don't get Celebrini, I'm all aboard the Lindstrom trade. I think, I think you, like you said, I think it's a perfect match of what the Sharks need uh, going forward. And then if you have a, a Smith Lindstrom Beasted, you have a chance like against what the Ducks are cooking down there because that that center depth down in Anaheim that's that's what worries me. That's what I'm building towards here for the next couple yeah. of seasons because uh, those guys are going to be insanely good here really soon. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, we'll talk about uh, Lindstrom here more in a second all right before we finish up with hattie uh we're going to talk about what he thinks about the 2024 draft uh talk about some of the defensemen and what they could be potentially be available for san jose just need to take a quick break Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Uh, just keep betting Steph Curry to do awesome Steph Curry things because Steph Curry is awesome. Um, and there's nothing better than rooting for your favorite players doing awesome things. So just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports partner of the NBA. Um, but let's get to your... Your personal 2024 rankings. I know I had you uh, and Sebastian on to kind of talk about the 2024. Or we, you know, we talked to some about the draft and such. Uh, but you have put out you know, you put out your kind of post uh, World Juniors rankings. Um, this is uh, end of January. You have yeah. Celebrini number one. It's Celebrini's world, right? And we're all living in it. And you also mentioned uh, Demidoff as number two. But it feels like this draft, there's so many questions. Uh, my youngest is throwing away trash right now. So many questions on like, okay, like who's after Celebrini? Um, I see you have a very interesting name at number three. So uh, Zane Pareka, uh, defend your case. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zane Parekh <laughs> is, if you, for me, it's, he's the only defenseman in this class that has point per game upside. Um mm. He's just so poised, so calm, so aware, uh, and so dynamic offensively. Just 
when he gets the puck in the defensive zone, you know he's getting on a on a teammate's stick in control. Like the puck, he's he, he doesn't create uncontrolled puck sequences for nothing. If he if if he dumps out a puck, it's really because it, it was the only option. He was pressed from three sides and had to get rid of the puck. Otherwise, controlled pass, controlled pass, controlled pass, game after game after game. On top of that, booming shot from the point, really soft hands, great skating ability. Um and an awareness and, and anticipation of his teammates' routes that, for me, as much as Zeev Williams been fantastic to watch with Denver in the NCAA this year, I'm much more confident with Perek's offensive projection. Um, and I'm about equally as confident with both of them's defensive projection. I think Zane Perek's defensive concerns have been way overblown. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's some habits to polish, but outside of that, he controls gaps really well. Um, he boxes out the net front when he needs to. He doesn't rush into corners to get involved in puck battles that he doesn't need to. He's comfortable sitting back and kind of identifying play and seeing what the next option is. Overall, I just think that Zane Perek has the, you know, he has about average defensive ability and game-breaking offensive ability. And I've always loved this style of defenseman heading back to Quinn Hughes, heading back to Luke Hughes, um, Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, I remember having Quinn Hughes um, in, in my top two in, the, in, in his draft year and being called crazy for it. But, I mean, it's been working out great, right? So I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm getting more and more confident with this type of player and mm-hmm. – there's obviously concerns because in the past, you know, we've had first rounders that were offensive dynamos, you know, the Ryan Merkley's and the uh, yep. <laughs> the Ryan Merkley's and the, and the Eric Brandstrom's and those styles of players and people are concerned. But St. Perek is St. Perek. He's none of these guys. He has tools and mm. abilities that not only outshine the players that I'm mentioning as, as comparisons um, at the same age, but he also has other tools that they had his weaknesses that he has as about average tools or maybe even strengths. For example, poise under under pressure. He's not a player who panics. His, his panic threshold is sky high. Uh, whereas Ryan Markley, that was the main thing with him. As soon as you pressure him, uh, he, yep. he, he finds a way to get rid of the puck or tries to do too much or et cetera. Zane Perek has, has, has hit that balance extremely well. And there's a reason why I have him third overall. It's because I truly believe that there's, there's a, there's a, path to the nhl and then room to grow into a bona fide top pair defenseman which outside of william maybe dickinson maybe left shunov i don't really see a top pair a bona fide top pair upside apart from parek in the shaft uh you mentioned some of the defensemen here and uh, you kind of mentioned the sharks have a day uh the penguins pick which is kind of right now floating around the you know that 16 uh hopefully the penguins continue to to be terrible and this this fits in like maybe right outside the top 10 uh but if you're a team that needs a number one defenseman i know this draft is heavy with defensemen but you you mentioned a couple guys who are kind of floating around with names here but it feels like you could still get uh take a swing on a defenseman at with a mid-round pick and probably be pretty happy with it right yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are definitely some options in here. Uh, in terms of defensemen, I'm fairly certain that Anton Salayev and Archam Lashunov are going to be the first two off the board. Um, One's Sam very Dick- tall. Yeah, <laughs> Salayev is massive. It's ridiculous. And like a player this big should not be skating that well. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, but Salayev, Lefshunov, Dickinson, probably the first three off the board. I'd be surprised if um, uh, if uh, Zeev Buyam lasts for long. The the great uh, World Juniors that he had are probably going to be putting him up these uh, up these boards. Yep. But 
Perek, he's been a bit all over the place. I've seen him in the 15 to 20 range on some rankings, so that falls well within what Pittsburgh's pick would be. So if you're picking, I don't know, 12 to 17 and Perek's available, I would jump on that occasion. And if he can come out of this draft, if the San Jose's can come out, if the San Jose Sharks can come out of this draft with Caden Lindstrom, Lindstrom and Zane Perek as their, as their two first picks of the draft, that's already a win on its own. Like I, that, That's just absurd. And that doesn't even include their own second round pick, which is going to be very high. And then you have a devil's pick. Uh, if they don't go to the Eastern Conference, it's probably going to be a top 50 pick as well. So, yeah, yeah with the Sharks having four top 50 picks in this draft, uh, they uh, Micah is set up to just do some work here. So yeah. uh, one last question before we kind of uh, get to our blood questions. So uh, one guy... I, I always kind of ask is Adam Yurch, uh, who I know he's out for the rest of the year. Yep. But, and I know he's not as good as his brother, David, who's, you know, having some issues right now, but uh, I still, I don't know why I, I'm, I'm fascinated by him. And I would be, yeah. if, if that, del- that penguins pick of some of the other guys out there, I'd be willing to take a swing. Am I crazy? Not necessarily. I haven't ranked 14th overall. And if Perek's gone and, you know, the defenseman I, I mentioned is gone, like he's mm-hmm. next in line for me. Like after the way I have him ordered, the defenseman is Perek, Buyum, Dickinson, Lifshunov, then it's Anton Salaev, and then he's the sixth on the list. And it's there's a possibility that all five of the first defensemen that I mentioned are gone by then, at which point I think it's well worth it. He's 6'1", 155-ish pounds. Um but he plays so violent and that combination with the fact that he has weight to add, he has room to grow. Um, he can be a really good two way defenseman. Cause I really like his breakout ability as well. He's really good at spinning off pressure and finding a pass outlet. Um, he plays small given goes out of his zone that put him in situations where he can just skate the puck in. Um, he's got some intelligence, some awareness to his game. He's just fairly panicky at the moment. Um, and I think that that can come with time, but the tools are there. He's, he's a good skater. He's a good stick handler. He's a good passer. And, and again, has an aggressive mindset, which rivals his brother. I just think that Yurich, David Yurichek is a lot more toolsy than Adam Yurichek, yeah. but Adam Yurichek has more intricacy and, and chess to his game than David Yurichek. I'd say Adam Yurichek is less raw mentally. David Yurich, mm. well, yeah. David, Adam Yurchek is less raw mentally. David Yurchek is less raw physically. So th- that's the difference between them. Um, yeah, he's definitely worth a bet in the top 15 for me. If you, if you can get a pick and the first five defensemen I mentioned are gone, absolutely go for it. All right, we'll get to the blood questions. Uh, number one. I'm going to exclude Celebrini. Uh, unless you, I'm going to exclude Celebrini. Uh, five years from now, we're looking back at the draft. Uh, who's the best player in this draft? Ivan Demidov. Um, I, I think he has a hundred point upside if he works out well. Five years might be a bit too early. I'd say ten years from now it'll be clear cut um, mm-hmm. if they all work out the way I think they can. But yeah, Ivan Demidov. All right, and then uh, I know we're recording this February 10th, so we still have a little time before the draft. But uh, it's going to be written in blood. Where? What pick does uh, Adam Yurt or not Adam? What pick does Caden uh, Lindstrom go in the draft? Ooh, tough one. Um, I'd have to check the order. I don't have it right yep, now. Yep, up up my up. Head. No, I can't. Okay. Fourth overall. I'll say fourth overall. Fourth overall. Uh, congratulations, Columbus. You just drafted. Uh, yeah. So as of right now, because the draft's going to change. But uh, fourth overall makes a lot of sense. And uh, man, if you had uh, Fantilli and then Lindstrom as your one, too. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness! That would not be fair. That would not be fair. <laughs> that's that's pretty fun. So, uh, Hattie, you've said it all. Where can the people find you, buddy? 
Yeah, the, the one-stop shop is uh, tw- is Twitter. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it's right under my face. Uh, Hattie K underscore scouting. Um, everything I post goes there. Rankings, articles, uh, podcast episodes, all that. Make sure to follow also uh, Locked On NHL Prospects. Wherever you're watching this, you can watch that podcast. Uh, so make sure to check it out. Yeah, you and Sebastian do a great job. Uh, I won't tell you which ones of you guys is my favorite. You two can try to <laughs> fight amongst yourselves to figure that out. Sure. So, uh, no, you guys are both great. You guys do a great job. I know a lot of Sharks fans have definitely found your podcast because we have nothing better to cheer for than Slip Repeat and then Drive uh, Picks. So, uh, but thanks again, Hattie. Uh, of course, you can find Locked on Sharks wherever you get podcasts and watch on YouTube as well. Follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. And you can find me on Twitter at my fry hole. Until next time, friends.